God bless. I'm Dominique Dupreme of the show. First things first, my first thing every day, giving thanks, giving praises, asking for blessings from the most high, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders and getting it going. Happy Thursday. We have a lot to talk about as always. Hour one, we usually look local. What's going on on the left coast? Hour two, we go national, international and beyond. In the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person or persons of interest. It is quite a day around here. Um, and, you know, I always say that you are welcome in any hour. The number 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580. Rolling out that red, that uh, black, that green carpet for engagement, conversation, um, dialogue. That said, I find that sometimes people are hesitant to call when I have a guest on the phone. You're still invited in, regardless of who is in here, whether it's a partner in politics or a deep dive, just uh, just dial up and get in on this. You can also hit us up in the chat, KBLA1580. We're streaming on YouTube. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those places, KBLA1580. And, of course, I'm there at DePrima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A, and then radio. And let's talk there. That's all good, too. Um, yeah. The reparations conversation continues today. Uh, something we are very committed to around here, making sure we keep this momentum going, that the, we keep the education going, that we inform ourselves and our families, our inner circles, our outer circles, our friends and frenemies, because we got to cut through the BS on this. And we have to help educate people and bring the various points of view, the factions reparations factions to the table even if it's virtually to find common ground because if there's one uh, thing that hopefully will unite us as progressives and as black people it is the desire to repair to uh, to honor the commitment this country has made to black Americans to repair the harm of enslavement, Jim Crow, etc. So we can go on to the next item on our to-do list, if you will. Uh, 
this would actually be a perfect time to call me, though, if you want to bring up something random, because we are going to be focusing our two on the reparations movement um, with a special guest uh, who I'm excited to interview. Uh, Dr. Ron, da- uh, Ron Daniels will be joining us. Our three uh, fascinating guests that I have not had the opportunity to talk with. Uh, Chief Ayanda Clark, who is one of the premier experts on the African imprint on music and spirituality worldwide, uh, Grammy nominee and um, a, a highly sought after teacher, public speaker, creative consultant, artist and musician. Uh, I think much more renowned on that other coast, <laughs> the East Coast, but certainly has worked globally, Chief Ayanda Clark. So busy day today, which is always great. Never a dull moment around here. And uh, yeah, lots to unpack. 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580, the number to call. In a season of strikes, when folks are on picket lines from coast to coast, and certainly California, more specifically Southern California, is experiencing this at a high level. The union organizing, the labor movement gaining traction. Los Angeles has always been a union town. Um, Maybe not always, always, probably, you know, going back centuries, not so much. But in the modern era, it's been a union town. The Screen Actors Guild, the... um, AFTRA union, IATSE, all of these entertainment unions have been and remain strong. On top of that, you've got dock workers here uh, and, and, you know, strong um, various unions that service the entertainment industry, um, trucking, you know, the Teamsters, a lot of unions that have deep roots in Southern California and our LA County Federation of Labor, despite uh, recent scandals has been powerful, a powerful, powerful um, force in that national organization, uh, having a huge influence on politics beyond the walls or of, of a union building, but into the walls, the halls of power. And that's a good thing to be honest. Well, it wasn't such a great thing when we heard what was going on in that tape behind the scenes. But for the most part, uh, the LA Fed has supported progressive, left-leaning, well, just good ideas, justice-oriented folks. So in the portrayals of Southern California and Hollywood, it's rare to see that. But in reality, the people who are making those portrayals are mostly unionized. And we see a resurgence now and a spreading to other areas like uh, like baristas and packagistas, you know, Amazon, Starbucks, fast food, etc. And it is against that background that the California Supreme Court has said they will not hear an appeal from Disney uh, about whether or not a local law in Anaheim applies to theme park workers, which means that a lot of those theme park workers are most likely going to get a a raise. Uh, The Fourth District Court of Appeal this summer ordered raises uh, for 
what they call cast members, you know, the people that walk around in those costumes and stuff at Disneyland. They ordered them to get raises, and they were retroactive, so they were meant to get back pay. Um, because of a class action lawsuit filed on behalf of those mice and dogs and all, you know, Goofy and Mickey and all, all the people that are inside those hot, sweaty costumes bringing us joy when we go there, um, filed a class action suit saying that uh, that law, that's city law, city of Anaheim living wage law, does not apply to them. Um, but apparently uh, that is not what the courts say. Um, the, the attorney representing the workers at Disney said Disney is at the end of the road in terms of appeals. Uh, the court's not going to hear that case. So she said the only issue left is the amount of damages. Great news for the city of Anaheim. Great news for workers at those Disney uh, campuses, cast members, as they call them, in the Anaheim uh, jurisdiction. The Anaheim City Council um, is uh, is victorious, it appears. Um, and it's interesting because it looks like it's a big win for the city of Anaheim in more ways than one. I'll, I'll dial, dive a little deeper into that. Uh, what's happening. I think the happiest place on earth just got a little happier, uh, at least if you work there. KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on the radio. But uh, apparently the... The, the dust up between the city of Anaheim and Disney um, went down where Disney asked the city council to um, cancel this these tax breaks that they had gotten in the past or that they had been slated to get uh, $267 million um, in bed tax breaks for a luxury hotel project because that hotel was never built, but also a 45-year-old um, gate tax uh, break that they had been getting. And so the city attorney for Anaheim said, well, since we've canceled those tax breaks, you don't, it in in their opinion, you don't have to pay a living wage. You don't have to comply with the city's living wage law. But uh, the courts ultimately disagreed, first siding with Disney and ultimately siding with the workers. So that means many of those cast members will get um, wage increases to around 20 bucks an hour and they will get back pay. So, I mean, you know, that's great news to me running around in that, um, in that suit in the hot sun of Anaheim, that is more than a notion and, um, happy to see that victory for, um, those workers I'm always happy to see workers pay closer to what they're worth. 20 bucks an hour is decent. It's still not a real living wage. A real living wage in Southern California is probably more like 35 bucks an hour. Uh, but certainly the national wage, of, it's like 7.25, I think, an hour. It's under eight bucks. Would never fly. You, you, not here in Southern California. I don't know where you can live on that. There may be somewhere. I haven't found it. It seems to me the people that I know that are living in other supposedly less expensive places um, are telling me that it's going up. The um, 
cost of living, even in places we traditionally like to think of as less expensive, uh, is going up. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I guess um, that that's part of why we're in these streets asking for living wages. Let's go to Willie calling us from Palmdale. Hi, Willie. Uh, good morning, Dominique. Uh, you say call about anything random, so mm-hmm. I just want to know. I just want to know. Uh, uh, I seen your boss at the, uh, your old boss at the uh, KJLH stage. I hope you call them and say KBLA, <laughs> Willie. Uh, I hope you call that. over there and <laughs> shout us out. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. No worries. So uh, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, he's always there. He's there every year. You're talking about Stevie yeah, Wonder, said, yeah. Yeah, he said he wished those people stop acting foolish. He don't care who who hear him. But uh, what I call about was did did any of those uh, uh, public defenders that was on your show ever become the judge? Yeah, a couple of them won. Um, I don't have the list right in front of me, but yeah, we actually had quite a good election. A couple of them uh, lost, but a couple of them won. Um, so yeah, we. I think the, um, man, I wish I had that list in front of me. But the tide, uh, yeah, definitely turning um, in terms of I think people paying attention to who we're electing as judges, but also this idea that judges only should be former prosecutors. Um, And like uh, Holly Hancock won, for example, I know that for sure, Um, and others as well. So not all of them, it wasn't a sweep, but we did have some wins there. And I think what we've seen in a year or so since that election, in terms of judges making just insane rulings that catch a national and local attention, uh, the decision around the Black Lives Matter slap motion, um, and some of these other decisions that we've seen nationally. I, I think it's calling people's attention, i.e. the end of a woman's right to have say-so over her own body. Um, those kinds of rulings, I believe, the end of affirmative action are a bit of a wake-up call for us to pay attention when we do have a vote on judges to try to do our research. In fact, it's time to dive back into that because we've got a primary election coming up in March. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah. you know, I got to look that up. I don't have it memorized like that off the top of my head. I was pretty uh, involved in it at the time, but I forget. But I know for sure uh, Miss Miss Hancock won. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I was. It was good that you had them on there to speak about it and stuff, and give the, uh, the community uh, the heads up on uh, who to vote for and, and what to expect from them. Yeah, so shout out to Attorney Carrie Harper that. because she's been she's been crusading for us to know more about the judges and has actually helped me uh, get in touch with a lot of those folks. Because you know, we always talk about who we'd love to have on the show. And by the way, I. I look forward to that when our KBLA delegation steps up and says, well, you know, when are you going to have so-and-so? I always try, but many times we might not have the contact or we're just getting the gatekeepers and we can't get through to the people. So it can take time uh, to, to deliver those folks, but we're always trying behind the scenes. If you say, I want you to talk to Babyface, please believe we are working on it. I want you to talk to, you know, 
Netanyahu. I doubt he'd ever come on the show, but you know, if you if that's what you ask for, we're working hard behind the scenes to deliver it. Uh, uh, one thing, uh, Dominique, uh, did, did, uh, is there is there something new new news on Mike Lickley Thomas that he's being reimbursed or something? Well, I mean, if you're talking about reimbursement, he did get his pay uh, reinstated uh, prior to the conviction. But my understanding is that once you're convicted, which he has been, that pay um, that pay ends because at that point you're no longer on the city council. But he did get the back pay for the time where they had taken his check away, and by they I mean the uh, city controller Ron Galperin and the city council members who voted for him to be suspended and then not paid. So he did get his his pay for the period he was a council member. And he had another victory, which is that the judge ruled that he could stay out of prison pending appeal. He's appealing his case, and so he is free pending appeal. That was great news. Um, and hopefully he'll win that appeal and never do a day in jail but or prison. But if he doesn't, during this process, and but it, but it was interesting because the judge gave him that grace with a caveat, which is you have to hurry up and file your appeal. You can't slow walk this. So that I found really interesting that the judge was sort of in a hurry uh, to get uh, Dr. Ridley Thomas to prison or to or to win the appeal. I mean, we could look at it that way. But the judge is saying, okay, you you have a limited amount of time to file. You can't slow walk just to stay out of the justice system longer. So that was the that was the bargain that they made. We'll hurry up, but we get to stay out uh pending appeal. And that's that's the latest that I have for you. Well, I, I hope he gets some. I hope he gets favor, you know. Yes. Because you know, like 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 everyone said, he's he's been putting a lot of good work in the community. So I pray that uh, I pray that God give him favor. Yeah, I I second that prayer. Prayer works. Free MRT is what I say. Free MRT because it, it just even you know if he you know if he made mistakes or did things that look wrong. Um, even though they're not technically illegal, mm, jail time for someone who's had s- such a positive impact for so many as a public servant uh, over the course you know, of so many years. You know, uh, if you worked at USC for 10 years, your kid can go there free. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to get that a was, job there right now. No, I'm just playing. I should have got that, that was, job that, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was uh, that was uh, back in '89 and '90. If you worked there 10 years, your, your children can go there. I think free. it's still true because I I actually knew a couple people whose children went to USC and they worked there, and it was pretty amazing because college is so expensive. Yeah. See me working yeah. five other jobs for the next few years. You'll know why. <laughs> My child's about to go to college. <laughs> well, that's that's a good thing. That's it's a, a blessing. Thing. Blessings on blessings. But yeah, I can see why. And, and schools do that to try to keep, um, you know, top teachers and administrators to give them an incentive to stay put uh, because it is competitive, even though. 
we, you know, for top teachers, it is competitive. And you know what? I feel bad. Uh, maybe you can help me, Willie. I feel bad. Yesterday, we got so caught up in our debates uh, around um, Black Lives Matter and other um, important topics like that victory in the case of Keenan Anderson, where his uh, his killing at the hands of LAPD was ruled out of policy by the police commission that I did not pay homage to Richard Roundtree, who made his transition at the age of 81. Uh, He was a powerful leading man in Hollywood films at a time when that wasn't even barely a thing. I mean, you had Richard, uh, you had Sidney Poitier and that was it. Well, Harry Belafonte and that was it. Um, which, you know, of course we love those folks, but Richard Roundtree, um, you know, made such a huge impact. He was a different, he had a different kind of image, uh, much more close to what (laughs) we as black Americans, you know, saw in real life. Um, He has been on TV, he's been in movies, his career spanned more than 40 years. And of course, still most well known for Shaft. Uh, that was in 1971. He was just 28 years old when he did Shaft. And uh, he said, you know, that people would call him Shaft. His name wasn't Shaft. It was Richard Roundtree. But it just goes to show you how iconic that film was and how impactful this man was in his career, and particularly when it comes to the way that black men are portrayed in Hollywood. Well, uh, well, uh, that's but you give him you give him homage to him now, so that's that's uh, that's uh, because I was getting ready to I was getting ready to uh, I was getting ready to say uh, I hate to disappoint you, Dominique, but I don't know who that is until you say Shaft. Now you know who yeah. it is. His face comes right into yeah. your mind, right? Well, he was yeah, on Being Mary Jane. He was in Roots. Um, uh, he had breast cancer, which men do get, and it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So, um, you know, you check, you know, they teach us as women to, to self-exam yeah. to make sure we don't have cancer. But men uh, should be getting those checkups. I know y'all don't like to go to the doctor. Yeah, I know. But yeah. We call them man boobs. But you don't even have to have so-called man boobs. Anybody, any man can get cancer breast cancer. He was diagnosed back in 1993, but he he was so passionate about, you know, letting others know that men do get breast cancer. And so um, on top of his treatments that he was able to live to 2023 uh, with breast cancer, that's 30 years with the disease. Well, it's good. It's good. He put a but uh, the work, I, I, I'm, I'm sad to hear that because I was just looking at the, uh, the program with him, uh, him and uh, with the three, the three, the three chefs. Yeah. Gabrielle yeah. Union said he was always the coolest man in the room with the best vibes. So, I mean, that kind of boosts the legend of Shaft, too, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. I also want to tell you, Dominique, uh, not to not to dis dismiss, uh the conversation, but uh, I also looked at the video of them cleaning up the ocean, all those bottles and stuff and plastic oh, they oh, recycle oh. out the ocean. That's uh, 
and it was it was the question was uh, given to me, what am I doing to help the earth? So that had me pondering, and I guess I said, uh, recycle my goods. Yeah. Well said, Willie, and, and recycle our goods and raise awareness. KBLA is getting ready to help you do that. And that is why we hear our governor is in China. Brief you on that when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Wow, so much to cover, so but plenty of time to do so. So call me if you got something to say, 800-920-1580. And thank you, Willie. Appreciate your insight and your perspective. Just as the UN puts out another report, another scary report about the climate emergency and what it could mean for us, and by us, I mean human beings like all of us that depend on oxygen and a certain kind of environment on the planet to be able to survive, uh, all of us, those that categorize themselves as human beings, and our animal kingdom friends. Um, yeah, every time the UN puts out a report, it's scary. Humanity is on a course to... Multiple tipping points, the L.A. Times reports, that could lead to irreversible instability or the complete collapse of ecological and institutional systems. I feel like every time the U.N. puts out a report, it pretty much says that. But this is the Interconnected Disaster Risks Report, and they focus on certain types of uh, dangers to the planet. And, of course, apparently California is like the poster state for some of these things, i.e. groundwater depletion, even though we've had those huge storms uh, over the summer and and spring, groundwater depletion is still a problem here because it doesn't automatically replenish uh, with a bunch of rain. Rising insurance costs, we know that's a thing here in California because you can't even get insurance if you live in certain regions. Um, Extreme heat, well... Have you met SoCal weather lately? I live in a home that never needed air conditioning when I bought it, and now it doesn't have it and does need it. The other thing, oh, and species extinction. Apparently that's a problem here in Southern California. Wasn't, I guess I haven't focused on what species, um, because it seems like we got animals everywhere. I know the coyotes ain't extinct. They're walking down the street in the middle of the day. The only thing that they uh, reported on that are not problems for us right here in Cali is melting glaciers and space debris. But it, but just in time for this report, uh, the governor of the state of California um, is in China. He went to China to try to talk about how we can cooperate to end the climate emergency. Apparently, you know, it, it's not unusual for a governor to travel to another country and have such a meeting. It's just that relations between China and the United States are strained, to put it lightly. And Gavin Newsom was greeted with the bells and whistles. I mean, apparently he was treated very deferentially by Chinese officials and even got to sit down with President Xi. Uh, Apparently, reportedly, they also talked about fentanyl which is a scourge on California in which the 
Chinese government plays a role, according to U.S. officials, in importing into the United States. So Newsom was trying to, you know, improve our relationship in these two areas. And the, the um, Chinese state media said that President Xi told Newsom, I hope your visit will enhance mutual understanding between the two sides and play a positive role in expanding cooperation between China and California. It certainly makes Governor Newsom look presidential. And if I'm being honest, I'm not mad at that. I don't agree with every single move the governor makes. He's made some also he's made some great moves for our state and he has um he you know he definitely has presidential potential. Let me put it that way. So hopefully this yields results for California and definitely it sort of brushes burnishes his uh, foreign policy bona fide so he can be uh, a more of a contender. I obviously not for 2024, but possibly for 2028. Why not? It's right around the corner. Speaking of LA Times, they do have an interesting, um, an interesting article today about the way that the conflict between Hamas and Israel, the bombing and decimation of the Gaza Strip and the possibility of an expanding war puts a spotlight on the politics of the candidates to be our next U.S. Senator from California. Of course, the leading candidates, Barbara Lee, Adam Schiff, Katie Porter. I myself have only heard Adam Schiff speaking on this. And although I've interviewed uh, Congressman Schiff and he did amazing work uh, as an impeachment manager, he was quite hawkish on Israel. And I mean, I would expect, you know, I would expect any U.S. congressperson to stand uh, against the October 7th attacks and condemn Hamas for that. But I was surprised at the extent of the hawkishness I heard from Congressman Schiff in an interview on CNN. Um, Katie Porter, Adam Schiff, and Barbara Lee, their politics around Israel and Hamas will be in under a microscope right now. Um, Barbara Lee made a statement that our country has a responsibility to call for a ceasefire. That, apparently, in today's environment, is controversial. She also called for the whole world to come together. She says, calling for a ceasefire, calling for the whole world to come together to try to stop the escalation of what is taking place in the Middle East, and peace is possible if we can bring all parties together to talk. That, to me, is not controversial, but in today's environment, it is. Um... Congressman Schiff said, the only sentiment I want to express right now when Israel's going through its own 9-11 is unequivocal support for the security and the right of Israel to defend itself. That also doesn't seem controversial, but if you see, I mean, if you see that um, 
that interview on CNN, you'll see what I'm talking about. Very hawkish. Um, no, no recognition whatsoever of the fact that thousands of Palestinians are dying right now. Apparently the death toll in Gaza is up to 6,000. And I don't see how you can not acknowledge that. But that is not controversial. Um, Katie Porter said, I stand with Israel in this time and condemn the loss of lives, both of Palestinians and Israelis who are the victims of this terror. She said the United States has allowed terrorism to flourish and has refused to take a strong enough stance against Iran, which backs the militant groups Hamas and Hezbollah. Um, She said she criticized Trump for withdrawing from the treaty with Iran. And it's just, uh, so it's like Schiff on the right, Porter in the middle, Lee on the left. And none of them on what we would call a far, uh, you know, a, a, a strong justice stance. But for people who are wondering, you know, where people stand, and who's, who's progressive on what issue? This will certainly be, um, this will certainly be a moment of revelation. Of a revelation, it's uh, not too late to call me eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty, eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty. I've been warning you about these driverless cars. Now the DMV is as well. Touch on that when we come forward on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward, includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. 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 This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. Yeah, speaking of um, crazy things going on in Southern California, shout out to Jasmine Canick for her work in uh, advocating for uh, this woman, Amy Malone, apparently was part of the or, the Pan-African Film Festival organization. She was speaking out in public comments at a San Bernardino city council meeting when um, someone jumped in the Zoom, a couple people jumped in the Zoom and started calling her the B word, uh, the N word repeatedly as she was speaking out against the hiring of this guy, uh, Charles Montoya, to be city manager because he has a problematic background, um, misconduct allegations from a previous employer. And what's there are several crazy things about this. If you, it, it was um, circulating online, if you see it, uh, is that the guy says, someone shut this B up, go home, UB, go back to Africa if you don't like it. Then they start saying the N-word. And the city... Um, officials kind of freeze and they're like telling her to be quiet while they wait to figure out what's going on. And she says, you know, in the, in the moment she says this is inappropriate. Then the guy um, agrees with her that it's inappropriate, but they don't immediately apologize. Not only that, not only to her, but as she points out, Amy Malone is her name to the room, right? Um, they, they, Two days later, they apologize, but it's really not a good apology. Um, and when I say not a good apology, they don't specifically apologize to Amy. Uh, they don't uh, specifically apologize to the black people in the room or the black people of San Bernardino. 
She said the apology is too late. And she didn't even go to the event where the mayor, um, Helen Tron, made the apology because she said they didn't invite her. They put out a general invitation, but they, someone calls me an N-word and a B-word and tells me to go back to Africa. In your city council meeting, you have an event to apologize and you don't invite me? What even is that? Uh, I remember, you know, conversations uh, with a renowned psychologist talking about what makes a good apology. A good apology is you say what you're apologizing for, you say, you know, why it was harmful, and you say what measures you're going to take to make sure it never happens again. That's a good apology. A bad apology is like, oh, sorry if anyone was offended or, uh, you know, we regret that this happened. Those are bad apologies. Um, he's in the meeting. Um, the uh, city officials said, "Well, oh, sorry, this shouldn't have happened. Sorry, but not. I apologize." And you know, I mean, really, that to me is like a hate crime. This woman is trying to speak her mind. And yes, the San Bernardino police are investigating it as a misdemeanor. And they say they're taking measures to make sure that happened again. And Amy Malone says she's not going to be intimidated. She'll keep speaking out. But that is hate speech. You are trying to shut down a woman's right to participate in her local government through intimidation and racial hate speech. And by the way... Um, they went ahead and hired this dude anyway. So thanks to this terrible incident, folks are going to be tracking this Montoya character and he better not have any misconduct this time around. What the mayor said is anyone who heard what was said, it was offensive and unacceptable. Last Wednesday does not define us as a city. That is not who we are. Tonight we stand together united as a com community because hateful comments by two individuals are not a reflection of the city of San Bernardino. That is not an apology. It is a PR statement. An apology is to Miss Amy Malone and all of the black folks and BIPOC people who were present. We deeply apologize that you were subjected to hate speech. And then you can go into your PR spiel about it was inoffensive and it doesn't, it's not who we are. You have to say, we're sorry you were subjected to hate speech. We're taking measures to make sure this never happens again and that you will be safe at future city council meetings. Then you can go blase, blase, talking point, talking point, PR pivot, PR pivot. You don't start there and you certainly have to invite the person who you offended. Two individuals are not the reflection of what the city of San Bernardino is. How about we are investigating these two individuals and they will be held accountable to the highest extent of the law? How about that? How about that? How about protecting black women? How about, I mean, and you wonder why we say black lives matter. I guarantee you had that been anybody else from any other community and they had been insulted that way in a public meeting, they would have got a specific and thorough apology as they should. 
Okay, I did tell you I was going to talk about those those uh, automated cars. I will get to that. And your phone calls when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. It is Lamert Park, USA. So glad to be here. But all the way from Richmond, California, we've got Ron. Hey, Ron, did you know that your city, the city of Richmond, became the first city in the country uh, yesterday to pass a resolution supporting the Palestinian people? Uh Richmond is in the news right now, but I'm pretty sure that's not what you called about. Good morning, Ron. Oh, okay. I guess that's a good thing you just mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I think it is. I, you know, I I think it's a good thing. I feel like people, um, you know, I I I hope that people don't take it to be anti-Semitic because I'm sure that's not what it is. But they they came pretty hard with the language. They accuse Israel of ethnic cleansing and collective punishment. Uh, that was passed oh, by wow. the city council on yesterday. Okay, I heard that. Um, oh yeah, um, I also wanted to pay homage to uh, to uh, Richard Roundtree, uh, rest in peace. He was also on a um, on an episode of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air too back in the day. Oh, I, I don't think I saw that episode. Yeah, um, I think he was um, he was playing the father of a. a of, of a college, of a female college student, and uh, Will Smith was trying to take her, take her out on the day on the show. He wouldn't let nobody. <laughs> he, wouldn't let no, he, he wouldn't let nobody. It was funny. Yeah, he wouldn't let that nobody get That is funny. The dad is shaft, yeah. basically. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a funny episode. Yeah, he wouldn't let nobody get to his daughter unless they, you know, they was, you know, highly educated and all that good stuff. Yeah, mm, yeah. might be to pull that. Yeah, pull it up on YouTube or something like that. But yeah, um, yeah, he would be missed. He was a great actor. So rest in peace to uh, Richard Roundtree. Yeah, and apparently quite an activist around men, black men's health. Oh yeah, yeah. I was listening to you. Yeah, that, um, I had to get my colon uh, checked a few years ago. So that's that was very, very important. Yeah, you put that information out. That's some good information to have. I know brothers don't like to go to the doctor, but y'all go because we want you to stick around, you know? <laughs> For real. We want preventative care keeps you on the planet. That's what's up, real talk. All right, thank you, Dominique. I appreciate you uh, taking my taking my call. I'm, I'm always tuned in, watching you on YouTube and all that good stuff. Hey, I just and waved at you on YouTube. <laughs> all right, all. keep up the good work. God bless y'all. Much love, KBLA. Yeah, we appreciate you. And I know, you know, Ron has been uh, one of our KBLA day ones, you know, since we launched this project on Juneteenth of 2021. And I know Ron is telling his friends to download the app, to follow us on socials at KBLA 1580. These things make a difference. We know and and the world knows that you're standing with us. News, traffic and sports. And then we're talking reparations on KBLA Talk 1580. 